This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? Welcome back to yet another issue of Comictating. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sebastian. We are here on Thanksgiving week, or American Thanksgiving week. I'm always used to saying that, because... Yeah, the Canadians the can- Well, yeah, there's, there's probably a few of them. Less- I mean, I know we've... we've or I've pushed the, the Nerdable show on the Puck Podcast when I do my fill-in hosting, so hopefully some of them have come over to Comictating. Uh, but yes, American Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Everyone has, well, most of, well, actually, not very many people have the day off anymore. No, it used to be a big day with a a lot of people getting a It's a a flyover holiday. It's Halloween is real big now. Yeah. Christmas has always been big, and then Thanksgiving sort of like, hey, the day that you're supposed to go out and go shopping. But as for me, still do Thanksgiving, assuming you're doing Thanksgiving with your family. Yeah, it's just me and my folks this time. No extra family members. We got a small turkey. had them all killed. Yes. Uh, So we're just taking it easy. I'm not... uh, I'm not opposed to that at all. I'd rather, like, for the last few Thanksgivings, we tend to have, like, five, six, seven, eight people over. Yeah, I've never had a big, in terms of, I was telling the the staff here, you know, as always, we're here at Earth Through Comics Northridge, uh, earlier, um, my my ex-girlfriend, her family wasn't huge, but it was big enough, and you'd be, like, in the middle of the day, and I remember getting sent to go get something, she's like, go get this from the store. And I turn around, and all the kids are behind me. Like, can we come with you, please? <laughs> this is there's just too much going on. I'm like, come on, kids, let's go. We're but, going to yeah. the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> my my ex girlfriend, her two sisters, her two little her two younger sisters, and the youngest brother, <laughs> all in the car to go to the grocery store to pick up like yams or something. Um, but yeah, I always enjoy Thanksgiving. It's nice to be, especially when you're a kid. It was cool. You had a day off. There's yeah. football on. A lot of food. Always enjoy the food. We do turkey. I know some people don't do turkey, but I think most everybody does turkey. Yeah, a lot of people do ham, but uh, people do ham. We used to do ham guy. uh, My parents used to do Cornish game hen because oh, uh, I like that. Well, my we she did turkey. My mom would do turkey and Cornish game hens because um, my brother's ex girlfriend did not like turkey very much, so do that potatoes. It's one of the few times a year we get potatoes, real butter, real cream. Oh, nice, nice. None of this. "Mm, We use margarine in half. No, real butter, real cream. Whipped straight from it, peel it. Stuffing, my mother's stuffing is amazing. Oh, it's so good because it's simple. She doesn't add in all that crap. It's just very simple, very simple. You do the yams. You do the yams. Uh, depends. Depends on how many people. I think tomorrow we're doing stuffing. We're doing potatoes. Going to be doing uh pumpkin pie, the turkey, obviously. And my mom usually throws in like uh like sautéed green beans a few uh, a few extras here and there something there yeah but for three people we're not going too crazy so. no no that you keep it simple yeah the bird is going to be the simple. star it's going to be the first time in a long time where it's just been the three of us instead of like oh there's like six extra people in the house yeah if you have leftover potatoes you can bring in here i'm always up for potatoes potatoes are delicious i'll see potatoes if we have anything greatest. left it's the greatest i love it so much the hardiest the perfect of the, the perfect vegetables See, <laughs> so I'm not a fan of vegetables. I never have been. And there's this great joke. Years and years ago, there was an ad. It was in TV Guide. That's how long ago this was. When it was digest size. Kids, TV Guide is the thing that your DVR used to, or your uh, your on-screen guide used to be in printed form. Used to be form. printed, and you have to buy it every had, week. Yep, you had to buy it every week. Um, so there's an ad in it that said, Chris's mom 
says potato or vegetable, but that's okay. She's wrong about Santa Claus, too. And it, the name is spelled just like mine, because I spell my name with a K. Oh, boy. And it looked exactly like I remember just looking at it going, who? It's like the Mr. Sparkle box. Why am I in the TV guy? Why am I in the TV guy? I had that. On, that was on the fridge for like two years. Have I took that. Out, I ripped that out. And I was like, "Bam! Look at that. That's it. That's not true. There's no. They can't be a vegetable because I eat them, and I'm not a big vegetable fan at all. Vegetables are the devil. Anyway, so this Thanksgiving week, while you're off or while you're waiting for Black Friday, there are new comics to read. Um, it wasn't a huge week in terms of number ones. It was one of those weeks that's very weird because there's a lot of little titles. You know, yeah. Nothing huge. Civil War Two number seven came out this week as well. Um, that's wrapping up hopefully soon. Uh, so there's like one or two major releases, not a lot of new releases. We're going to talk about three number ones, including the new Scott Snyder, Jeff Lemire book from Image. Uh, but we're going to start with Marvel's Venom number one. Mike Costa. Uh, is it Rafa Sandoval? I always forget his first name. Gosh darn it. Gerardo Sandoval. Uh, launching the new Venom number one, uh, Sandoval did uh, New Avengers um, with, um, I think it's Costa doing New Avengers too, actually I'm not 100% sure, but I know he's been doing a book lately. Uh, so we have a brand new start for Venom. Venom has a a very convoluted history <laughs> in terms of who the alien symbiote has been attached to. To say the least. Yeah. Um, the intro kind of mentions him as... Uh, uh, you know, he's been a lethal protector, he's been a government agent, he's been a guardian of the galaxy. Lethal protector was that first miniseries where they attempted to make Venom into a into a hero. Right. Uh, in the 90s where I think Mommy and Daddy were sending letters to Marvel Publishing going, my son loves someone who eats people. That's bad. Let's make him a hero. Never really stuck. They tried to. That's where Carnage came. Like, he will have to have somebody even worse. Sure, sure. And then we'll go from there. Most recently, he has been attached to the Flash Guardians. Thompson because he was yeah he was Flash Thompson. He was for Flash a while. Thompson. Um, to- uh, Flash, of course, boyhood friend of Peter Parker, uh, who was a uh, a soldier, an agent of the government, had lost his legs, and he was able to control the symbiote to the point where he could use it for good. He right, was the they, over. They were giving him a, like uh, like injections to keep yeah. it under check and. And he had recently been in Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, reading through this book, one of the problems that I think both Sebastian and I had is we weren't sure what the heck happened to Flash Thompson in terms right. of what happened with the, the the Venom suit. I remember when it was on Mac Gargan, when uh, when Eddie sold it. Yes. Yep. Uh, as he was dying, it went to Mac. Mac was a part of the Thunderbolts. Yep, yep. And Warren Ellis's great run where he uh, lived to eat people, uh, <laughs> including the people that were guarding him all the time. And that, yeah, that was the that was you sort know, of the dark sad rain, part yeah. for, for Mac Gargan, who's just, you know, he's the scorpion. Uh, yeah. But he was also, he was always just a low-level thug, and he's like, I never really wanted to murder anyone, but now I just can't stop eating yep. people. Now he's got eating people. It's not uh, me, it's the symbiote, I swear. So in the book, we're, we're introduced to uh, a gentleman named Lee, who's looking for work. Uh, his buddy Tony gives him a, a text message, still looking for work, meet me in the diner. They meet together, and Mac is there. Uh, Mac Gargan, who is now working security at Alchemex, yep, uh, yep. and it says, has a lucrative side business because he's a criminal. Uh, so this guy just becomes, uh, Lee becomes a part of this gang that is, uh, you know, making an exchange. The suit is introduced to us as pretty much, I think it's just the suit. It's right. just kind of the you symbiote. Know, you don't really in see a, it. It's just the symbiote is like in rubble. 
something yeah happened. well you see it on, on on the first page you see it kind of walking up and down the right the the thing there and it is kind of loose and gangly and my crazy. assumption is that the symbiote has been hopping from homeless person to homeless person that's yeah that's the indication <laughs> that they give we get a we get a spot that, that that it is a a homeless guy here who gets attacked by the suit and then we get to the to the drop the drop is different than we thought it was and then the suit attaches itself to Lee and he sees the past uh, of what this suit has done recently. You see, uh, he's connected to Flash. You see Flash's pieces. You see some of his own pieces. You see pieces of the life that um, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the the suit the, while it was on Flash, the way that it, you know the, the design for it is a little yeah, bit different. Yeah, it was done like an armored. Yeah, suit. and you see it, and now it's him, and he very quickly uh, proves that he is not the lethal protector. He's just lethal. Um, and the flip side is that the suit is telling him that he doesn't... It's telling Lee, I don't want to do this. Uh, the suit seems to... The interior monologue that you have of the suit is that... Um, uh, his last toast as a soldier. He was one of the most decent men I've ever known. He saved New York. He saved the world. Uh, we're going to do such great things together. And then Lee kind of takes control of the suit, the symbiote, and... Uh, does some bad stuff with it. So the, the it is a flip on the script of the idea that, you know, with Peter, the symbiote was infecting Peter and it was controlling Peter and he got rid of it. Eddie Brock, his natural tendencies to not be a wonderful person were uh, amplified by the suit. Matt Gargan's tendencies to not be on the side of law was amplified by the suit. And then Flash was able to control the suit to become something, a force for good. Now we have and the, the host ended character. up actually liked helping people yeah. in the end. So the, like the, the personality ho- yeah. rubbed off. Yeah, onto the, the host character now for the symbiote is is the one in control. Um, Mike Costa has a long history with Marvel. He also did one of uh, he was a big part of one of my favorite books with IDW when he was in the GI Joe universe doing Cobra, which is an amazing book. Um, even if you're not a Joe fan, I think you might like it. Uh, so I always trust Costa to kind of give me something different. He's very good at um, at flipping that script. Costa and his partner with uh, with Cobra, one of the things that the G.I. Joe Cobra title was heralded for was to take these kind of dumb Cobra characters and turn them into something different. I mean, they took Crystal Ball and made it into a very interesting character. They used Serpentor as like a right. cult leader. So he has a history of kind of taking a character or a type of character or an archetype of character and being able to flip the script as it were and take these types of characters and kind of turn them on their head and give you something new and different. In terms of Venom, it's very tough to give you something new and different with Venom because it's They've a very... so much over the yeah, years. Um, but it's remained a very popular character within that, uh, within the Marvel Universe, within the Spidey Universe. So it is something different. Um, I do like Gerardo Sandoval's art. He's got a, a, a big kind of bold... Uh, in the 90s, they had the kind of that that manga craze, Joe Madura, Roger Cruz, those yeah, guys that came yeah. in, Pop Mahan, that weren't exactly doing manga, but it was like an Americanized version of it. Sandoval's kind of in that line. Um, he's got the, the the kind of big and bold, like I said, kind of like real big characters, uh, clean lines, uh, but he's got, he's got some grit to it that I really enjoy. So... I, 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 I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued, yeah. I'm definitely it's intrigued not, by it the It wasn't book. my favorite book that I've ever read from them, but I'm not a big Venom guy, but I'm still kind of intrigued to see where they go, considering I like that flip that I've been talking about. Um, 
So I would want to see where they go next, kind of like what kind of criminal will he be? He could potentially be a very big character uh, if you have a guy who now has this really, really, really powerful suit in the way that, that Gargan got is because they sold it. Right. Um, I still remember that storyline. Like, it was a big thing. It was like, oh, there's something at the docks that they're selling. There's some super weapon, and it ends up being the symbiote. Uh, this guy could kind of upturn the criminal world in New York or even the entire Marvel Universe and could lead to something down the line, uh, much along the lines of what they've been doing with... Yeah, um, if they play their cards right. Yeah, they've been doing the same thing with, with, with Black Cat to a certain degree. Black Cat is, is a huge... Uh, part of the underworld in New York now so she's kind of established herself as a new kingpin so this is the type of case seem to be giving you some characters that fit into that role that then down the line can potentially pay off in a really big storyline so it's a cool start it's kind of cool to get in on the ground floor and stuff like that so I really like that book uh, our second number one is the Ultimates 2 number one Al Ewing and Travel Foreman Ultimate started after Secret Wars well, it started a long time ago, but the latest Ultimates uh, started after Secret Worlds with Al Ewing and um, uh, Kenneth Roquefort. And it was a title that ended up being one of my favorite titles coming out of Secret Wars. It was big and bold, huge ideas. They were a team that was put together to proactively combat huge problems in yeah, the Marvel the universe. The mega threats. The huge, Thanos yeah, the big, the, the big type of stuff. Thanos, Galactus, um... It's Blue Marvel character that I wasn't familiar with. Like I knew kind of who he was, but didn't really know. Sort of out of the books for a very, yeah. very long time. Uh, he was um, when when Ewing was writing Captain America and the Avengers. Excuse me, not Captain America and the Avengers. Captain America and the Mighty Avengers uh, was a book I kind of dismissed because a lot of characters I didn't really like. It was like Monica and it was the new Power Man, right, right, um, and some other characters that I just kind of pushed to the side. Uh, Al Ewing is African American, so his team is predominantly African American. He's brought together uh, Blue Marvel, who's African American, T'Challa, the Black Panther, Monica Rambeau, who is Captain Marvel or Captain Photon or something now, where she has light powers, and he's using. Um, is it America? Is it Miss America? I think America? it's Miss America. Let me find the end. The new uh, Miss America. The new Miss America. Yeah, America Chavez, codename Miss America, uh, who was introduced in the Young Avengers series from a few years ago. And Carol Danvers was also a part of this. And the first thing they go after is to is actually change Galactus instead of being a devourer of worlds as a life bringer. Yeah, he's using the life the bringer of worlds now. Big, seeding life. Yeah, big, huge stuff. A great, great book. And through its course and now through Civil War II, that Ultimates book, in terms of the way that that team exists can no longer exist. And Al Ewing always planned this because he also knew that Kenneth Roquefort wasn't going to do a second year. Right. So this is a season two. So it's a direct, uh, it's a direct uh, sequel to it. They tell you where the state of the universe is, the end of Ultimates. If you want to read Ultimates and you don't want to know the ending, probably don't want to listen to the next five or ten minutes. But um, Eternity, the cosmic character, has been shackled. We don't know by who, but there is something wrong with our reality. Um which I think a lot of people think in real life too, um, as eternity has been shackled. And the idea that the, the, the forces that bring life, the direct quote, the forces that bring life together, weaken and corrode. So the good seems to be waning. The right. bad seems to be picking Taking up. And, over, and yeah, yeah. And so many of these, then the characters in it, blue Marvel and, um, and Monica, uh, feel 
or codename Spectrum. That's what it was. Um, it's always hard to read her because she was the character in Next Wave and Warren yeah, Ellis' Next that's Wave. Right. But she's treated in as kind of this. In- yeah, because she's treated as. She always reminds everybody that she read to the Avengers once, and it was like a really annoying type of trait of hers. But she was. She's a very powerful. Uh, if you're looking character. for a very interesting book from the first Civil War, around the era of the original Civil War that Mark Miller did, Next Wave is. Well, because weird. there's nothing in it. It yeah, has nothing to do with it. It's, it's weird, one of my, one of my funny. favorite uh, titles when Civil War. I mean, Civil War exploded on the racks. Anything connected with it, yeah, um, was 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 huge. And there were some. And their great last pieces. issue was like a joke. The second, the second to last, Civil or the War. third to last. It wasn't even a joke. Sign. The cover was the Civil War cover. Yeah. It was in the same trade dress where the bottom half of it was, it was cut, yeah. and it said Civil War. And in tiny letters above it says, "This has nothing to do with Civil War." Yeah. And, but the Civil War part of it was huge. It was sort of like, buy our book. And I still remember um, Machine Man has, and they're all carrying picket signs. Yes. Machine Man has a picket sign that says, Mark Miller licks goats. Yes. And yep. it's so great. And it was like, please love us. Please buy our book. It was fantastic. If you want to go find Next Wave. They were literally the, pandering for people yeah. to save their book. Um, Unfortunately, that did not work out for them. But check out that book. I it's, think a brilliant 12 pa- it's a brilliant 12 issues. Um Warren Ellis and Stuart Immerman, and Warren Ellis has always said he would do it again if Stuart would do it, but Stuart's always been busy. Yeah. And at this point now, they don't know if they have the right idea. A lot of those characters went on. Uh, Elsa Bloodstone was in it as a character. He picked all these guys who, these guys and girls who no one was touching, no yeah. one was doing anything with, and he takes them and they became super popular in this kind of absurd, jokey way. But in a good way. I mean, they weren't like slapstick characters, but they were all funny. And then other people took those characters because they were, they were, um, uh, they were popular. And then they switched them back to being kind of semi-serious. So to take those characters back and to try and do it would be crazy. But anyway, but Monica's through here, like sitting here in Ultimates. There's something wrong with the universe. The only thing we have to know going in is that T'Challa and Carol are now on opposite sides of this second civil war. Yes, and T'Challa by basically turning his back on Carol and her use of the predictive justice machine uh, or current character. Yeah. Um, T'Challa breaks up the Ultimates on his own. Yeah. But realizes that he kind of puts together the team again going, there's no government interference. We're not as official an official Avengers type team. Uh, Carol was in charge of Alpha Flight also, so Alpha Flight yes. helped them. The They were... Um, on the Triskelion, uh, which was Avengers HQ-ish type of thing. Uh, so that's gone. So this is kind of putting the pieces back together and also having the, um, what is it, Animan? Anti-Man? Anti-Man? Yes. Connor Sims, which is Al's friend. As Who they got a really nice design out yeah. of all of this. I really, really dig what they what they did with him. It's like a like a bizarre like yeah. almost like a nanite golden armor. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I just say for Ultimates, I tried Ultimates the first book because I love Kenneth Roquefort's art. It's yeah. different than almost any art that's out there, and so I gave it a shot because of his art, and I loved that book. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous book. Uh, the writing, the characters, everything in it. Here we have the second. It's Travel Foreman, and I've followed. Uh, Travel Foreman started in Wildstorm. He's done some stuff in and out, but I'm not as familiar with his stuff. But I really like his art as well. But I was still worried. I'm like, oh, it's not Roca Ford. But no, it's it's really no, it's really really, good. really beautiful art. Yeah, there's a this. great sense of of tech of of 
tiny pieces put together. The scene of the diner, there's so much there's so much detail in it. I mean, there's the gumball machine and there's the the pamphlets that you'll see outside of a Denny's, you know. Yeah. Hey, you're in local things. Yeah, you're in bum F Idaho, do this stuff. Uh the characterization is given to you really well. The backstory in terms of, of Carol and and T'Challa's rift is explained very well. So I if you if you liked Ultimates, this is just right a continuation. This is this is Ultimates number thirteen. This is where you want to go. If you have not read Ultimates, you can still pick this up and still see where they're going. Because the ending is really great. We don't know what's happening with, with Eternity. We don't know what's going on, but this is the team that's gonna go and face a cosmic level problem with Galactus as a part of the team and these all these characters together. So I really enjoyed it. You know, I was a little worried because I really loved Ultimate so much and to see that kind of switch, but it does feel like a natural progression. And I actually enjoyed that book a lot. And I think it's one that's definitely worth picking up. Ultimates, the first Ultimates was one of those books that we ordered and the first week it would come out wouldn't sell out. But then all of a sudden, two weeks later, you realize we're sold out of everything. Right. Everybody came in to pick it up and... And, and pick up the old issues. We'll leave Marvel. We'll go to Image. Uh, AD, After Death, Book 1. An oversized, prestige, magazine, almost sized format book. Scott Snyder writing, Jeff Lemire doing Dude, the art. So two big players the in... The heavy hitters of yeah, indie comics. coming together. I did not know what to expect from this book. I read it. I still don't know what I expect from it. Right. It's gorgeous. The uh, book is beautiful. The story is intriguing. And the story is very intriguing. And there's a lot that they're keeping very close to the chest, even with this, because you've yeah. got sort of something that feels very autobiographical, and it's coming from the perspective of our main character. But then the book makes that shift into the 88, uh, it's like the year 870-something yeah. A.D., and there's, you know, he's on, like, a future tech farm. You don't quite understand what's going on, but he's, uh, there's a line that he talks about how when he was a child, he stole a tape recorder, and he couldn't really explain why he wanted it, but he, for years, was recording conversations with his parents, dinner times, everything. And he even talks about how, you know, you listen, he's listened to that stuff even after hundreds of years when the tapes have slowly worn away. So it's absolutely fascinating that we really don't know what exactly is going on. Uh, there's little hints here and there in the book. There's a really fascinating panel where he's driving his truck. He's going to a new job. He wants some new prospects. And he looks in the rearview mirror, and you see our, our protagonist's, you know, the top half, his eyes in the rearview mirror. But he has his head, uh, it's all hooked up to electrodes and stuff like that. So all very, very intriguing about what they're doing. Then once you get to the end of the book, that's when... That the plot thickens, as they say, where you kind of figure out, okay, so there's some sort of anomaly. We don't know where these people are, what's going on yeah. exactly. So there is definitely more to this. Beautiful art, fascinating writing. It's very, very surreal. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, the, the book has a very large prose element to it. It's yes. a very interesting story, and you're not exactly sure how it connects, but in the telling, it's it's good just in the telling. You know, there's there's a value to just the way that that story or those stories are told are told through the book. Right. And then we get into this this AD universe or the after death universe. Yeah. And and so that's much a much more straightforward comic with, uh, you know, panel art and what have you. Like I said, it, it was one of those books like I knew it was going to be different. And, and Snyder's non Batman stuff has been. You know, you read Witches, Witches is pretty weird. 
and Severed, which is a, a horror book that he did, um, I think, before he even started uh, or before he got onto Batman. So his non-superhero stuff does lend itself to be a little a little tick off the off the norm. But this this is even farther. But again, in in a good way. You know, there's there's books that you read. Um, I've always talked about this in terms of like where Morrison is now and where someone like Remender and Jonathan Hickman with stories like East to West or Black Science where you don't get everything right away and it's a little weird and it's a little I'm not sure, but I know there's quality there versus the stuff that I've read from Morrison lately or Fractions Casanova where I have no idea what the hell's going on. I do love Casanova though. I have a great love for Casanova. You love Casanova. I don't get Casanova at all. I will also say though, uh, Grant Morrison did a fascinating job with Klaus. I Oh no, Klaus is fantastic. Really enjoyed Klaus. No, so Klaus he, is Klaus is fantastic. Grant Morrison knows when to rain it. Yeah, in. when he rains it when when he's doing like his kind of treaties on whatever it's just bizarre and i have no idea oh my yeah when yeah, you read stuff. uh like oh my gosh i'm trying to think of uh, a few of his like dc books yeah uh, his his later batman stuff was just impossible the, the oh yeah yeah action comics after number three i mean I'm, I'm not stupid but i'm still reading that going i don't know what the heck's going on oh, i yeah. really don't i don't know where we're going and i don't know where we've been yeah, and i don't know what we're doing batman, like because like, batman got really yeah he goes so inside baseball on top of the film is another one. Yeah, he's asking fans to make make so many connections, um, connections that that he made. Yeah, but sometimes he'll pull from something why you so obscure yeah. that he that just like or you're, you're you're getting from A to D, but you just drop B and C, and you can't understand why your audience can't get to D. You right. Know? Um, but anyway, because of a throwaway line in an issue of Batman from yeah. the 1950s, this uh, this AD after death number one was much more in the, in the former category for me where. I know there's something more here, and and it really helps with the, the the classic comic book type parts of the book are extremely intriguing. Um, the prose pieces are intriguing as well, but we know that the meat of it is in the the panel work that Jeff Lemire does. And um, again, Lemire's art is gorgeous. He's he's one of those guys I normally don't like this style, but Lemire does it in such a great way. Yes, and the coloring is is fantastic. Um, and it is Lemire does his own coloring for for this, it, you know, in, in painted kind of colors and watercolors through the back. It's it's gorgeous. It's a very very pretty book. Yeah, um, and Lemire also has his weird streaks with books like Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Uh, so the no stranger to uh, to a lot of the more out there, very very independent books. For yeah, comics. Le- Lemire can do. You know, he he wrote my favorite run of of Green Arrow in the yeah, in the, in yeah. the past. He wrote. Uh, Hawkeye after after Fractions acclaimed run and just hit the ground running with that as well. Yeah, he's doing X Men work now. I don't know. Lemire is, the, is a fantastic writer. Both of these um, guys, they're they're very multi talented. A guy who yeah. can go from doing something like Green Arrow or Scott Snyder for Batman and then jump to something like AD or even you know something like Jeff Lemire's Underwater Welder, which is an incredibly touching book. And still need to read that. I bought that a little while ago. That's so good. Yeah. So I, I have a great appreciation. And, and Scott Snyder doing something like Witches, like a very traditional yeah. horror book. So no, I really like multifaceted writers who can not only do the action stuff, but then put out something super surreal or to, super heartfelt. Yeah, I have to say, I'm kind of surprised to see Scott Snyder be able to do this because he signed an exclusive contract with DC last year. He must. This must be something that he may have been working on for a very long time. Yeah, well, because... 
no one really ever confirmed anything, but we thought maybe that was the end of Witches, too, because right. uh, of that. But also, I think he also has a chance to work with Jock. Um, he's definitely someone who works with really great artists and continues to do so. Like Sean Murphy that did The Wake with him is doing the next, I think it's the next arc of uh, All-Star Batman. Which I'm excited wrote. for. Yeah, I can't wait to see Murphy's art to do Batman. And Murphy's going to do his own Batman book after that as well so it's so weird to get see, someone like scott yeah. snyder yeah so yeah i i mean like guys like sean murphy i remember seeing his art on deviant art before he was a comic book yeah. artist just like oh and uh, the other guy i follow um dan shoning who mm-hmm. does a lot of stuff for like uh, idw's ghostbusters books just people like oh i love you guys on deviant art oh my gosh now you're a famous comic book artist what? now this you can't crazy. talk to me this is crazy uh those are the the premieres we wanted to talk about this week but we also we couldn't pass this week by without talking about cage number two cage number two Yanni tartakovsky this was a book that both sebastian and i absolutely loved get your cage suckers. um yeah get your cage suckers and i don't i don't want to say anything about it except if you like the first one you're gonna love the second one it's it's exactly in the same tone it is crazy absurd the wonderful artwork. nonsense yes the artwork, the artwork is beautiful the snake is great there, running through the jungle it's so good, and then yeah, there's there's, there's like a sequence four, towards the end like that four or five great. psychedelic panels that Marvel, yeah. I beg you, please put out a little lithograph set of those psychedelic pages. Gandhi Tartakovsky, just so good, yeah. so good. Cage is is one of the few books that I just re- read with a grin from ear to ear on my face. I love it so much. Yeah, it's definitely it's got that that seventies feel. It is absurdly seventies, and again, all the all the great ways. And it's just so exciting to be able to to read it's laid that out book. so well. It's yeah, a, it's oh just it's so much fun. It's so cool, and we've been able to. I mean, Cage is one of those books I keep pointing at people like pick up Cage, pick up, pick up Cage. Please you read buy Cage, Cage. Go get Cage. Um, you like Samurai Jack? Go buy Cage. You like anything? You like that Cartoon Lab? Network's done? Yeah. Go buy Cage. In the last little while, go go get Cage. Such a great go get Cage. Great great book. Um, that's gonna do it for in terms of comics this week. Uh, of course, we're in the holiday weekend. We have uh, Black Friday and, more importantly, Super Saturday, Small Business Saturday, whatever you want to call it, coming up this week. We have sales at both Earth 2 Comics locations. We had LCSD last week, which went well. Uh, this weekend, we've got gifts for you and your family and your friends and people you don't like and your coworkers, whatever you want. We've got weird stuff. We've got cool stuff. We've got crazy stuff. We've got good stuff. I'm sure there's bad stuff here, too, You know, if you want to get something for someone that you don't like. Uh <laughs> why i threw that in there but why the hey uh yeah so both of those um also wanted to mention if you're here local uh there is uh our csun is very close to us and one of our uh our friends friends of the store is doing an enzine uh the csun enzine and they meet every third wednesday of the month on the csun campus i want to say it's holly true 504 let's double check um, but I'm just going to mention it now because I'm meeting the second Wednesday. Check the show notes. Yeah, check the show notes. Um, and artists get together and create a page or two pages, and then it gets printed in the zine, and then the zine goes out. It's for sale on campus. It's for sale at both Earth 2 locations. Uh, in December, they're doing second Wednesday because third Wednesday is finals. And beginning next year, uh, we're hoping to get at least one of those, whether it's January's or February's, to actually do it at the store. Nice. Have nice. a store on a Wednesday night. Come on in. You can meet some artists as they're as they're creating their pages and being able to finish them. So we're looking forward to that. We wanted to give them a plug 
here on the show. If you are local, it's open to everybody. You don't have to be a CSUN student. You just have to be an artist. Come in. There's a there's a very loose theme every month. Um, and you're able to create pretty much anything. There are prose pieces in it. There are painted pieces in it. There are uh, pen and ink, pencils, watercolors, whatever works. It is a black and white, but, you know, in the terms of gray tones and stuff like that that's through it. Um, it's a really cool zine with a lot of great voices in it, and we wanted to mention that as well. Very old school. Yeah. As always, we encourage you to check out our our father podcast, I guess, or what, what, what's the word on our source podcast, uh, the Nerdables podcast. Recorded every week. Um, Sebastian's been on it a couple times. I have lately. <laughs> Comes a in, few helps a few yeah, a few times. Um, yes, check out the Nerdables podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook at uh, Facebook backslash Nerdables. You can always leave some comments there if you want to talk to us or tell us what you think of the show, what you think of our picks. Uh, we're always looking for feedback. We have uh, I can't remember the the email address anymore because he never gives it out anymore. Yeah. We're on Twitter at Nerdables, uh, or at Nerdables Show. We're on Instagram at Nerdables. You find us on Twitter, and you can, uh, you know, drop us a line there if you'd like as well. So for my partner, Sebastian, this is Chris saying we will talk to you next week.